spidey senses tingling. Paper Keg Podcast, welcome. With a startling departure from his hello, that was your host, Slim, Paper Keg 53. Welcome to your fourth favorite comics podcast. Yes. The only, we don't, we don't record a Challengers comics in Chicago or ever else. You're hot under the collar. Record from Cedarville, New Jersey. Let's um, break it down for new listeners. Paperkeg.com, the hottest internet site in the history of internet sites. This podcast will blow your mind. Comics industry news, we'll get into it. We'll talk about uh, the books we're reading. Mm -hmm. We do a book club. New Avengers. I'm sorry, I'll rewind. I'll edit that out. Rewind. I'm not going to edit it out. (laughs) The Avengers Heroic Age by Brian Michael Bendis and J.R. J.R. That's the trade we're doing. And then we'll read your letters live to close out the show. Um, We'll go around the room. You know, we'll talk to our hosts, our panel of hosts that you want to hear from. We'll start with uh, Podcast Bad Boy. Ooh. He uh, He's a father. He's a connoisseur of scotch. Loves scotch. I, lo- scotch. I enjoy it on the weekend. Just on the weekend. Night. Okay. Slim's it, keep Slim's nervous that I'm not drinking right now. Well, your to hair's be, still just to drunk. be even keeled. Uh, Dale underscore A, thanks for being here. It's good to be here. Thank you for the uh, wonderful intro. Uh, Papercake53, this is the real deal. This is uh, the real deal. Papercake disassembled, continuing. Let's move on. Uh, speaking of disassembled. <laughs> your defeated little head. We bop it around. have little. Uh, DC historian Esquire. Former. Uh, he is a TV star, soon to be on Tosh.0. You heard of that show, Jonesy? Have you heard of it? Yeah, it's a Comedy Central Daniel Tosh. He's going to be on it. Web Soup show. Um, if you have any questions about Superman or Batman, pre-New 52, you go to him. Please. I will, certainly. He is uh, He's published in Rations Magazine. Mark Farrington, thanks for being here. Hey, yo. That was the best slash angriest I've ever seen you look during an intro. Bailington. Stay tuned. <laughs> Jonesy loves making babies. That's Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, if you, uh, um, big news. I'm not week. done your intro oh, yet. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you are an unpublished writer. You're working on a comic book. An unpublished father. Um, with a Canadian. We're going to let it slide. He used to do covers for the show. Um, who knows what he's doing now? I have no idea. You see his Twitter lately? The it's, guy is a psycho. I like to think he's wearing a hoodie with his long hair waving. Oh, now we're talking. His, his beard <coughs> just out there. Weird Canadian tweets. We're talking about. 
We're talking about Slim dying. <laughs> Rest in peace, man. We're talking about acting stuff. You know, he uh, he does he does some great covers for us. He's an artiste. That's a gem. Um, Jonesy loves beer. Is who is sitting to my right and who is here? Your hair looks fabulous. Thank you. You're an expectant father, so I am very great work. Happy. Finally, you really hit one home. I did. You really got it in there this time. If, uh, for you guys who didn't listen to last episode's fireside chat, I did reveal that I will be a father on October the 11th, 2012. Well, that's the tentative date. Yeah. Baby uh, here or not? Knows? If the baby's here or not? You're I'll be a father by that beginning date. Beginning that day. My son was due January 2nd. He came. December 23rd. Wow. I didn't have to think about that. I was about to cough again. So that was the stutter, okay? <laughs> My wife, who maybe is listening, I don't know. What's happening in the world of hosts bailing on Free Comic Book Day? Can we talk about that? Free Comic Book Day. When is that? May 4th, 5th? May 4th or 5th, whatever that Saturday Stay is. Stay tuned for news. It's the 5th. Stay tuned. Fifth. That's all I have yeah. to say right now on that topic. Stay tuned. That's I all. Might, I might be reverse bailing. Who knows? Reverse <laughs> Bailington. Reverse Bailington. Um, Dale underscore A is a newsman. He is a newsman, and I want to hear some news. Look, here's the thing. Free Comic Book Day could be a grim reality, but what I want to talk about is the augmented reality. <laughs> Marvel's augmented reality. I love your setup. You know what that mean? You know what that is? You, you heard about that? That's something with the internet, right? South by Southwest. They announced this app. On the iPhone, you can get it. You can edit it out. I thought it was like goggles, augmented goggles. Here it is. It's kind of like that, right? But for your phone. And as a test, it works on uh, Avengers vs. X-Men issue one, which is out. Right. It's out live now. Um, and what you do with this augmented reality jobber is you take your phone and you hold it in front of the uh, the cover of the comic. So the goggles plug into the phone. Jonesy, just stop. <laughs> Just stop talking. It's right. my new segment. Okay. <laughs> you hold your note, your phone camera up to the cover of Avengers vs. X-Men number one. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's so cool, this little uh, where your comic cover used to be, like this little uh, video uh, with, like, storm and lightning effects come on. And, like, you're moving your camera, and the video and the comic cover is staying like where it would be so it's not like something's taking over mm. something's obviously taking over the uh, the square the skynet ca- uh, the square shape of your comic Ultron. but it's it's actually really cool and the novelty may not you know wear off completely right away really f- uh, as long as there's new content but as soon as you hold your phone up to the cover of X-Men Avengers first X-Men number 1 and uh, there are some images of the title out there on the inter- internet for you to try if you didn't pick up the comic. You're usually pretty fickle when it comes to technology. So you're saying yeah. you're not fickle on this, and you're giving this the Dale underscore A approval. Yeah, I think it's uh, really cool. Now, uh, you know, what what the issue is going to be is, um, you know, everybody standing in front of the new comic rack at the store because it's print-only comics that this augmented reality thing is supposed to be working on. Right, Street. Uh, you know, so th- are there going to be five people deep and standing in front of the uh, X-Men comic on the new comic rack? You know, you're, you're going to need some space to spread out if you're doing this at the comic book store. But I, I think uh, I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, whether it's, you know, gives you a little uh, teaser of what the comic is or, you know, some back. It's got a lot of potential. Did you guys ever think that 20 years ago when we first started writing or reading comic books that uh, this would ever be the technology that we would have? 
point a phone at a comic and you get a little ten second preview of what it is. That's amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, um, it's cool. Check it out. Dot net. I don't know about you, Droid Android users out there. I really Who cares? I really don't Droid know. People. I really can't help you right now. You mean I really Francis. don't. He's he's the only guy I know. He's got a Nexus droids. Prime or whatever. Please do not Nexus. draw his wrath. <laughs> Show is already that. negative enough right now. Yeah. <laughs> Paper cake disassembled. It's like saying Candyman in front of the mirror three times. He just shows up. <laughs> um, what else is happening outside of your augmented reality um, that you maybe are an investor in or an advisor? I don't know what's happening. I I can't talk about that. Um, Spider Man. I heard him. Toby McGuire. You remember that those old movies? Tobes. Yeah, yeah kind of. He used to make those weird faces when he was like crying or upset. But you remember when it all flipped all of our worlds upside down when that first Spider-Man Spider-Man Man one. one of the greatest superhero movies I've ever seen. It's in my coming life. out on Blu-ray. And the disc. hero will save us. Jersey CD is coming out. Not a big deal. Yeah, we're just going over the news segment. Jersey. Yeah, it's the only. Thing. Did you break in the Avengers theme song last episode by myself? It's his show. It's his show. I didn't talk over anybody. Sorry. Blu-ray. What's this Blu-ray business about? June twelfth, you know, hot on the heels, hot on the uh, soon to be released Amazing Spider-Man That's movie. Odd. That's odd. They're going to be releasing this on Blu-ray, though. I mean, Blu-ray. A lot of people out there faithful to their Blu-rays now, and it looks good. Really, you've seen the footage. Uh, no, Blu-ray looks good. Oh, okay. Game of Thrones on Blu-ray looks good. I can tell you that much. But there's a few scenes in that show that look really good in Blu-ray. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, no, you're Very right. Very strange that they're releasing the movie that is being rebooted that week on uh, DVD. Yeah. Or Blu-ray, whatever you want to call the, it. It's for the nostalgic it's folks, for the nerds. probably. It's for the nerds. Yeah, like, you know what? Remember when that world, that movie turned my world upside down? I'm going to get that on Blu-ray before I go see it in the theaters. No Green Goblin had a metal mask Remember, and his yeah. voice, his mouth didn't move. Macy Gray mm-hmm. was relevant, and she played. In some oh God, Macy Gray! I can't stand that woman. Way to bring it all come crashing down. Macy, um, Macy Gray and Blu-ray. What's your favorite Blu-ray movie you own right now? I did blow it. Uh, I'd say. Well, I'd go Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones uh, movie. TV. Well, I know, don't oh, say Lord of the Rings either. I can't say Thor. Hmm. I don't want to pander to Slim, but The Last Samurai. One of the You're greatest, one yeah. of the greatest movies ever produced. Some great films. special features By on that Blu-ray. Humans, you know what isn't on Blu-ray yet? Spider-Man, because it comes out June 12th. Oh, hang on, I'll guess. What's the one where Tom Cruise? Vanilla Sky. That's it. <laughs> Not on Blu-ray yet. I might just go out and buy a Blu-ray player just for that movie. That's you a really? lie. I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. Disc media, dumb. Here we go. Dumb face. Here we go, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Streaming is the way to go, Brozif. You yeah. know? Okay. All right. You want to arm wrestle right now for a bottle of scotch? I'll do it. <laughs> just do it. Just stop. We got to move on. Move on. We please. have to get into the comics. I don't even know why we do this. Um, I want to talk to one man uh, that is single handedly responsible for destroying the show. Mark <laughs> Farrington, what are you reading? I thought it was going to be me. Right now. So if I single handedly destroyed the show, does that make me the most powerful? Whoa. Uh, you could be accidentally powerful. You don't even know it. I'll take it. Luther by Mark Wade and Jeremy Rock. Whoa. Great book. Oh, this is that. Whoa. This is that book. Whoa. Old time listeners know how I feel about Mark Wade, so I thought I'd give it a shot. Uh, it's about 
a small group of people who survived a zombie apocalypse and the day-to-day life of trying to just pick up with their life. It focuses on a guy whose name escapes me. He seems to be the leader of this 14, 15 people village. Is it Luther? No. No. Luther Luther is another name of the character later on in the story. But him and his crew go around cleaning up the remains of zombies and their victims. You come to find that Luther is a young guy, late teenager, early 20s, who suffers from Down syndrome and is mentally retarded. And so it's about how the villagers kind of react to him. And they just look at him with pity, so to speak. He's going through the remains of the corpse and the zombies, stealing money and stealing wallets from them and stealing jewels and trinkets. Of course, the money's not worth anything at this point. Civilization's been ruined. But they say, hey, let him have its fun. It's harmless. Unfortunately, Luther gets bit by a zombie, and they have to deal with him. By the end of the story, you learn what he was actually doing and going about when he was looting through all of these people's remains. Hmm. What's he doing? No, I'm surprised he didn't spoil it. It's spoiling ten usually, but that's pretty cool. It was a different take on a zombie book. I don't like zombie stories, but this one was good. I don't think I've ever seen something so seemingly ho hum and pedestrian, and it was cool. It took me by surprise. Now this is his um, digital experiment, right? So now, did you read this on your iPad in the PDF form, or did you read it on his website with the tapping of the arrows? I read it in the PDF form, and I wish I read it on his website Mm -hmm. because if anybody else who's read this can attest that it's odd they'll show a panel they'll show a page and then the next page will be that exact same page with thought balloons then the next page will be that same page with thought balloons and dialogue right and he does that trick repeatedly which i think would have been better if i was swiping so this is you know this is wednesday this is or now this is monday but the infinite Marvel Infinite number one is out now, officially. Right. Yeah. came out with uh, Avengers vs. X-Men number one. That's right. So the Luther is very similar to Infinite in that... Remember, everyone remember Power Play? Yeah, I love Power Play. So Power Play, you would tap, and it would be like literally the same image, but then a, a thought, a word balloon would be different, or, or someone's face different is different. Or... So that's, you know, and Mark Wade did that with Luthor, and... Now, Marvel Infinite is like that, but like times 10. I really wish we had talked about Marvel Infinite before this so we could talk about it, because it's kind of a big deal. But Marvel Infinite is like that. It's like Luther, and it's... it's. Um, I almost want to pause the show so we can look at it. Did we look at it before? Did I? No. You didn't take a peek at it? No, no I didn't either. Damn it. You want to um, pause it? You want to pause? Yeah, that's real time. It. We're pausing the show. First we'll be back. time, we're letting the audience know we paused. Future timeline. Real world. Okay, we're back. Live. To tape. We just took a peek. Marvel Infinite number one, so now we can all talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so you just talked about Luther. Right. So now you've seen Marvel Infinite, which is now their Marvel's vision for digital comics. It. I can honestly say what the way I read Luthor, which was obviously not on Marvel Infinite, Standard reading where the entire page is in front of me, but thanks to our little break, you can see that it's the next step for guided view to all of the motions that you need to interpret when you're looking at the people and their actions when reading a book with the entire page there. Thanks to whatever Marvel, however Marvel's doing Marvel Infinite, you get to actually see the motion step by step 
according to the pace as you tap the screen. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly cool. I love it. It's very super smooth transitional. It's like a what if guided view and good motion comics act like this beautiful love child, and it would be Marvel the Infinite. What did you think, Dale? Yeah, I thought it was. It was like, I mean, a, it power play. Power play was like beta, like super beta. Yeah, power play is like the perfect example of what if you haven't seen it yet, what it is. But I mean, with the budget of Marvel behind it, like mm-hmm. uh, there was one scene where uh, Iron Man and and Ms. Marvel are standing next to each other. Ms. Marvel's out of focus, and Iron Man speaks, and then you tap over, and uh, and then the f- focus changes to Ms. Marvel because she speaks with a thought bubble, and Iron Man kind of goes into a, a cloudy, disfocused state. It's yeah. real, really slick. And like a lot of people, like it's some people don't like guided view, but it works well on mobile devices, and you don't really you don't really need it for the iPad. But this is like the first comic that is really totally built for a mobile device and digital like you this yeah. is, you can't do this in print like yeah. there will be no print version of what you're seeing in Marvel Infinite um in this in this first issue with Nova and I showed this to my wife like when I first saw it and I was like hey uh, take a look at this and read it and tell me what you think this is like something new that's coming out and she she dug it She's like, I would, I wouldn't mind reading comics like this because she reads Guide of You Under Fire, and then she read that and she loved it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it down to you like this. There's been three moments I have been like way excited for the future of comics. One was the first time I got to read a comic on an iPhone using Guide of You. The second is when the two, uh, the big two, announced that they were going day date digital. And now the third thing is seeing this new type of technology with Marvel the Infinite. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's oh my god! I I can't wait. I I hope it's a huge success and they ex- and they do more comics like that. More yeah. like you know do X Men or do whoever. I mean I'd, I I would want to see every book every month like done like this, mm-hmm. but like some specials, some digital only exclusives, like mm-hmm. maybe some tie-ins, some stuff that would. I mean, if every SE event tie-in was done like Marvel the Infinite. I would buy it. See, I don't. Yeah. I would disagree with you in the sense that of course I would. would like to see every book go that way because, and I'm looking through it through the Marvel Infinite scope. You can almost see how the writer envisioned the story to go. You can watch everything unfold at the pace that the natural that the writer had intended, and it adds a dimension. Like you said, Slim, you can't get that in print. Right, reading it. Yeah, some people don't like God of you because it's not the way the author intended, or you know, whatever. But this is. You know, and some people still think that they don't think print translated into like scans on an iPad is the future of comics. They think there's something else that isn't there yet. So I wonder what what those people think of Marvel Infinite. Yeah, it's de- it, it's definitely different enough to where people can't argue that. I mean, whatever the people have in their head that is this vision of something, it's you know maybe not Marvel's vision. You know, who knows? But. Mm-hmm. Really groundbreaking stuff. Gorgeous. Absolutely. I know we're talking it up, and it's the first, it's one of the true arguments I could ever make when somebody says, Why should I read digital over print? Well, here you go. Yeah. This is the one thing I can say. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, Let's turn it so smooth. I just start, talked about Luther, start, so. You just talked about the infinite. Um, so, which direction are was we going? Pick? No, it wasn't my pick. I wasn't your pick? Yeah, we can start with the uh, special you. segment. Yeah, we can go on. E. Amazing Spider-Man 682. I know it uh, came out a couple weeks ago, 
But uh, you guys all right? 682? Yep. Uh, Spidey is at Horizon Labs. JJJ comes to shut the place down, Ghostbuster style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, through the skin of their, their chinny chin chin, you know, Jay Jonah says they'll be back with a warrant to shut it down. And uh, Spidey decides it's uh, his time now to, to go get his stuff together. Because in the meantime, Dr. Octopus, you remember for a while he's been dying. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, all of a sudden the whole world starts to heat up. Doc Ock takes over the airwaves and says, uh, guess what, Earth? Right. That was the effect of global warming. I just sped it up a hundred times. You're killing the planet. Well, my technology, I can totally reverse the effects. I've been a bad guy, but I want to be known as the guy who saved the planet. I'm sending all the math to your scientists, and I want everybody on board on this. Guess who's the only person that doesn't trust Doc Ock? Yep. Peter Parker. You know what the big takeaway of this is? Dan Slot is a stinky lib. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So Peter goes um, to his secret vault at Horizon Labs where he has been uh, developing the technology to um, fight the Sinister Six. He gets an amalgam of different boxes and a handcart. And his boss is like, you know, ribbing him. Hey, is this the, the Spidey tech? And Peter's like, yeah, I'll play it cool. It's for Spidey. Then he goes back uh, to his apartment and dons another new costume. Ooh. A high-tech armored battle costume. Looks like rollerball. It does. It looks like the Red Hood, if it were Spider-Man. Actually, yeah, wow, yeah, it really does. Uh, two great moments in this book that make me love Dan Slott's run on Spider-Man even more. The first part of the issue... Um, Spidey goes to save somebody from um, a fire, and the uh, the fireman's foot or arm or some appendage is cut off, and uh, he gets yeah you know, the guy to safety, and um, the doc's like, oh my god, I love to thank you. And Sp- oh, Spider-Man's like, hold on there, I, you know, I'm not doing this for any praises. Like I was actually gonna say, you know, thank God for the guy who developed this technology that we can save limbs. You find out it's Peter Parker. <laughs> who developed this technology fighting the rhino or something. And you're like, it's such a new level for Spidey. It blew my mind. I was, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was, emo- I was Mandy Boo level emotional. Wow. When I read that. Um, and towards the end of the issue, the other note I had was when um, Spider-Man debuts a new costume. What I love about Dan Slott is he does these costume debuts pretty frequently. Spidey's getting a new costume. You know, feels like every two months. But Dan always does it in a way that's kind of par- uh, parody because of all Spidey's costume changes. But always pointing to the story, and you know he's always going to come back to the classic red and blue. So it's okay to like it. Did anybody else get yeah. that feeling? Yeah, it feels like it's happened so often <clears throat> that you, you, everyone's in on it that it's only temporary and it's for the story. Right. Right. And, uh, of course, your favorite character, Dale Spider-Woman's like... Mm-hmm. Hey, Spidey, nice new, and he's like, I got it. I get a new costume. We need to get serious. I'm talking now. That was his exact line. I yeah. loved it. What? At Spider-Man 682. Spider-Man. Jump on. Amazing Spider-Man. The amazing you're, you're, Spider-Man. You're, are you upset that you didn't get the chance to um, bust that book out? 
No, I'm, I'm very happy that other people are talking yeah. about it. All right. All right. Go pick it up. Don't know what I'm going to talk about. about <laughs> Terry Moore. You heard of this guy? He's a big deal. Is that like? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Echo. You read this big release. Been looking for a, uh, an opinion and a I'm review. I'm about to give you a big fat opinion right now of Echo. Please do. Black and white. No offense, Mark. Rachel Ray. Set in the stage. Michael Jackson. Um, Terry Moore knows how to draw a sexy lady. Fact. We all know it. It's fact. Sexy lady's name Aunt Johnny. Rachel Rising. I didn't. I'm only two issues into Rachel Rising. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, now I get it. Wow. Sorry, okay. Dale. I, can I apologize on behalf of everybody right now? Yes. Thank you. Um, Echo starts out with this um, woman in a suit with a jetpack. She's flying around testing out some kind of new nuclear weapon. Um, whether it's the suit or the jetpack, or maybe it's both all in one. We don't know yet. But the, the scientists want to test out its full capabilities. So they shoot some missiles at her. Why not? And they're like, eh, we'll see how you do. You know, we got to find out how strong this stuff is. Blows up over this little uh, uh, area in the desert. And this chick's just out taking pictures, you know, taking photos. So all this this, this uh, suit, uh, it's like, you know, a million gray Skittles falling down. Oh, boy. Um, And they start hitting her, and they start... And so she runs into her truck, and they hit the truck, and they're all just, like, stuck to the truck. And they're, they're not, like, popping off or anything. They're stuck to her skin. Oh. So she gets home, and the Skittles, the nuclear weapon Skittles, start uh, combining, and they, like, form this uh, chest plate over her body. So she's, like, all freaking out and everything. So the scientists find out that, you know, some of the... Material is missing. They only claimed, I think, thirty percent of the material that exploded. Oh. So they're on the they're on the chase now to find out who uncovered this material. And uh, I was actually pretty pissed. I couldn't. I read the first two issues. So she's on the run, um, trying to figure out what's on her. She went to the hospital, and the doctor tried to touch it with his finger, and it like burned his fingernail off. Oh my god! Right after that happened, they pretty much kicked her out because they thought it was a practical joke. So then she she's like, they just told her to beat it. It's a great. I blew through the first two issues. I dig it. Hmm. It's good. Cool. I actually want to pick that up. Do it. There's a trade. Digital okay. trade. Digital trade. trade. What was it going for, Slim? What's the price point on that? Ooh, I have no idea. Antique Roadshow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's a good deal. I'll say that much. I don't okay. know the exact price. All right. Company uh, line. <laughs> Dale underscore A is uh, a phenom. Podcast phenom. People's champion. He plays by his own rules. <laughs> Walks to the beat of his own drum. Uh, what are you reading right now? I am reading. Get this. The new Deadwardians. Get out of here. Vertiga. Publishers. Vertiga. That's a new one. Dan Abnett and INJ Colbert. Guy's got three initials and then a last name. That guy is a badass. That is Fact. pretty regal. <laughs> uh, the New Dead Wardians is uh, post-Victorian, circa 1900 England. Hmm. 
all of high society has voluntarily become vampires. Living a life. Because if you're not a vampire, you're scum of the earth zombie. They have sectioned off portions of the city of London. There's Zone A and Zone B. Zone A is is beautiful, kept beautiful, prim, proper. The streets are nice. Everybody's uh, everybody's got is all mannerly. They keep some humans as maids, and the Zone Bs I'm are all that would think. Well, yeah, no, actually they don't. They call it the cure, and they go in to see the doctor and get like. Um, a recharge, fresh blood, basically. They get an infusion mm. every couple weeks, and they keep their teeth filed. They're, like, real uh, gentlemanly, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is the best word for it. And the Zone Bs are, like, if you ever seen, like, uh, Land of the Dead, where mm-hmm. they, like, cordon off Pittsburgh and uh, all the ravels kept behind fences on the outside of the uh, city. Um, and uh, one of the new Dead Wardians is uh, a chief inspector, and in the murder department and uh, for uh, Scotland Yard. And George Suttle is his name. And he's investigating murders in a world where everyone is already dead. Whoa. Um, is that the tagline for the book? Yeah. I like it. And it's uh, it's actually quite cool because it, when he's walking through, Sco- I'm assuming it's Scotland Yard or wherever police HQ is. Whatever podunk. In 1900. Town. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There are, he, he's like walks in saying hi to his coworkers. Hey, how's it going? And he goes into his department, uh, you know, murder department. It's it's actually called something along those lines. But there's like all these old school desks with um, feather and, and ink pot because that's the way they roll. But all this, all the desks are like covered with sheets because they're not needed anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody investigates murders because there's no more murders except him. And it's so it's so odd how it's it's so peculiar and cool how it's written because. Out of all that, I mean, he could sit anywhere he wants, but he chooses to still sit in that murder office, but he's, like, in the back corner. He doesn't even sit by the door. It's just, like, that's his desk, and uh, he gets a call. Somebody, he doesn't get a call. It's the year 1900. Um, but somebody comes to his office and is like, we got one, like Ghostbusters. We got one. Oh, mm. nice. So they go, uh, they go over to this uh, dump site, and uh, there's a, there is a dead body. On the uh, on the beach, whether it's it was washed up or not, it hasn't been revealed yet in the issue. But um, it's Tom Hanks, clearly a uh, a, a person of society. It, Tom, yeah, Tom Hanks. Uh, you know, <laughs> after he lost weight, Throwback. his his right hand is missing, and he's dead. You actually see it's Rick. It's a Vertigo title, so I'm I'm going to see you see a little Panini. Uh, in the in the issue with the like dead a, body. Thanks for the warning. A panini like the sandwich, like like uh, it depends on how key. you look at it. Penine. Like the body organ. Penine. Oh. Um, but he's he's pretty uh, conf- confounded because this is clearly a, uh, a zone air who has been murdered with no visible signs of being murdered. And that's how the issue ends. And there's all these uh, uh, union riots, so Jonesy would definitely relate. Um <laughs> You know, right. there's uh, there's because the co- the workers are up in arms. The workers that are assigned to work in Zone B, there were lifeless zombies who were trying to eat them day in and day out. Um, they want hazard pay. It, exactly. That's uh, you know. So uh, That's what I'd say it's uh, it's actually agent. I uh, I right after I was done reading, it, I emailed the comic book shop and told them to put it on my list because I mean they state right off the bat it's an eight issue mini, 
Love and it. Uh, I'm on board with it. It's Good really, really interesting because it's not all horror. It's uh, There's politics involved. There's politics and biology and stuff like that that goes along with, like, you know, gentlemen of high society in the year 1900 in England. Like, you know what I mean? So they all speak. Like, he, he actually writes them pretty well. They all speak with, like, the... Uh, Dialect. Yeah, like the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Was it Sweeney Todd? Like uh, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. Like, they all mm-hmm. talk like that, so it's fun to talk like Dick Van Dyke. To check this out. Yeah, yeah, it's actually really cool. Very recommended. The new Dead Wardians. Dead Wardians, yeah. Cool. Check it out. Internet. Internet, check it out. Book club. Yeah. Internet book new club. New Dead Wardians. Mark Farrington, uh, I want to tell you something. Lightning round? Yes. We're running out of time. All right. Batman number seven, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Seven issues in, and I feel like Batman hasn't done a thing. Greg, no. Scott Snyder needs to wrap up the night of the, or the Court of the Owls story and keep it moving. That's absurd. Boom. Lightning rebuttal next episode. <laughs> there is one. We won't remember. Uh, Justice League Issue 7 How do I wish This was Justice League Issue 1 Anyone else? Save it for next show Lightning rebuttal Next episode If there's one Rocketeer Adventures Number 2 Rocketeer Plus Stan Sakai equals you buy this now. What? Yeah. Is Usagi in it? Sorry, lightning round. Rules. Sorry. The goon one shot. Satan's sodomy baby. (laughs) As disturbing as... Eric Kapow could make any comic ever. An entertaining read, nonetheless. Mm. Again. The Avengers. The Heroic Age. Are you in a book club? We are. By Brian Michael Bendis and John Romita Jr. The Heroic Age. Everybody remember that? It was a big... uh, there were some dark times for many years in the uh, Marvel U, especially with the Avengers titles. Norman Osborn, Riding High with his Dark Avengers. Mm-hmm. After Secret Invasion. You know, trying to impregnate Gwen Stacy. <laughs> Having twins. Remember that? Having that little goblin lady. Thanks, JMS. <laughs> Avengers. You know, after Siege, after the dark rain, um, we needed some, some light in the Marvel U. Yeah, you know. Uh, so they brought back a brand new Avengers book. Not new Avengers. That's going on somewhere else with the Eminence, I think. Avengers forms the big team with JRJR and Art and time travel. That's it. That's, that's the my, setup. That's my setup. It's pretty much all you need, you know. You, they see a vision of the future. They're told that their kids are going to destroy everything. The Avengers kids. Right. So, um, 
they're thrust into battle to try to figure things out. Yeah, I thought uh I thought this book was definitely a return to that Avengers style high fantasy the world can't escape from this unless we have this specific group of heroes to conquer it. So it's definitely the Avengers. Like it Bendis hits it out of the park where this is mm-hmm. this is an adventure that's right up their alley, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um a couple of important notes for me from this book. Um it's it's drastically Bendis in the um dialogue. And um as I was uh, reading it I was like, There's no way anybody could mistake this for any other writer. They're Brian Michael Bendis. Um I thought the Kang Ultron stuff that comes up in the book, uh, not knowing a lot of the backstory of the Avengers enemies, I thought it was very well done bringing me into the loop. I mean, I couldn't sit here and be a uh, a Kang uh, professor, but <laughs> I can definitely relate to the story and know why I'm, I should be afraid of these two. Mm-hmm. Um, also... Uh, one of the things I enjoyed, and we've talked about this before, but this is the first time reading this issue, when they try to, when the timeline is broken, that's the main uh, meat and potatoes of the story is Kang goes back in time. The kids have uh, are, have caused the rupture of the timeline, the time conti- time space continuum. So uh, old Tony, uh, of course, older Hulk and older Tony are the mentors of the, uh, these young Avengers. And uh, they have this big blueprint of the Marvel timeline, and it has all those teasers for stuff coming up that we didn't know at the time was mm-hmm. all playing years before. So you get these little teasers written into this diagram that, you know, of course, years later we're like, oh, okay, that's what that was. But how cool is that for the, the writer to sprinkle in these hints that didn't come about till years later after this issue was published? Um the only thing I didn't like about this book was the resolution. I thought we spent four issues drawing out this story, and uh, laboriously so. And I, I did not like this volume, but it felt like issues one to four could have been told in two issues. We could have seen more of the these younger Avengers in action and why we should be care about them. And it felt fought, like issue five was just a landslide. It was like, okay, here's some loose ends I want to wrap up, mm-hmm. and here's a couple setups, and I'm out. I don't know if anybody else felt this way when they were reading this uh, volume. I guess you're, am I putting everybody to sleep? Hello? No, yeah, I think you're hitting all of the valid points about it. Uh, I thought it was good, not great. I agree with everything you said, that it is an Avengers story through and through. But after the six-year arc that Bendis has been doing. This was so radically different. It's like he threw everything in the kitchen sink in here. And it was cool to read, but it was... I walked away feeling not fulfilled, and I can't put my finger on why. Um, It's Brian Michael Bendis. I mean, I love... I pretty much love everything he does. I think he writes a team book like no other. Um, I, I love... I mean, I love the uh, the interaction of this team i love the interaction of his teams um the the premise was cool um obviously when kang shows up and says his kid their kids are going to cause 
uh, the the end of the world, and it doesn't end up being the case. Like it was a lie. Like that was the cliffhanger of issue one, and then it was that was a big lie because it's obviously not the reason why uh, Kang needed to summon the Avengers to begin with. Um, that was kind of silly, uh, and I always get lost any sort of time story that goes through a time loop where they got to go back. Like I. I lose track of that pretty easily, and then I'm just, like, lost in space. Not to jump in, because I don't want to interrupt you, but I thought that kind of, that reveal, you find out as the reader what that reveal is, issue one, and it takes to issue three for the characters to talk about it. So by the time they're they're, they're going into it, I had already not cared about it at that point. So I was like, why are we talking about this? Yeah, issue two was... The one um, with Apocalypse and the Horseman? Yeah. That shouldn't have been a whole issue, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I bought this uh, when it came out in singles, and I I think it was around two or three where I stopped. And then I we I got this again in the app for the show, and I blew through it. I loved it. Loved yeah. it. Loved every second of it. Fun, over-the-top, time travel, Avengers... Alternate versions of characters. Uh, Jar Jar knocked it out of the park. This is like some of his best stuff I've ever seen. Yeah, I tweeted. Uh, I actually tweeted. I mean, I love Jr. Jr. No matter what, but his Thor armor, like I could just stare at yeah. the, the little plates on his Thor armor. So was... many two-page spreads that were like so detailed, like futuristic warfare hellscape. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where Thor is on the left side of the spread, and you can see Manhattan in the in the background. Like, oh, is that when uh, Galactus is, like, manning a gun? Yeah, there's a, there's a few where I was just, like, in awe of the amount of detail in the pages. And the, the coloring, I thought, was spectacular, too. It added, like, a whole new depth to his work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is definitely a Bendis book. There's, you're, like... I can't remember if it was you or Jonesy that said you definitely can't mistake a, a Bendis book for anyone else and when they're going through picking the team. I remember being furious when we first, I think back in the comics podcast when I first read it, and Steve Rogers' byline was top cop of the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was so annoyed by that. <coughs> and it's funny that as a monthly book, that really pissed me off so bad, and now reading this now, I it was almost an afterthought that I that that was the byline on the first page. Man, how quick did that disappear? Like it didn't bug you at all when it you, was like, nothing. You forgot that. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what it is if it's because of, this is a trade in a collected format, and as a monthly book, I couldn't like that. It's I'm paying four dollars. This is probably a four dollar book when it when it came out. No doubt. Yeah, and I was and this is a four dollar book when I bought it, and that is what I pick apart. You know, like, I'm paying $4 for this, and you're going to call him the top cop of the world, and I'm going to get so annoyed by this. And yeah. that was, and now reading this as a trade in the app, it was just like, you know, this is great stuff. Well, you're a father now. You weren't back then. Back then, I was not a father. That's probably true. Um, it was cool when we were trying to pick a storyline for an Avengers book. Uh, I sent out a tweet, non-SE story, Avengers storylines, and uh, we decided on this. And I actually, when I picked it out, I had forgotten that Steve Rogers wasn't Captain America. I just remember there was a Captain America on the team, and this is actually Bucky Barnes, Captain America. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, I was really uh, – whatever came of the um, – you guys wouldn't know what happened when the uh, kids are like, should we tell Bucky? Should we tell Bu- 
tell Bucky his fate or yeah, it's yeah. not for like him to a, know. He's a piece of ass or something. Like they hate him. And I don't remember. They, they didn't reveal it. But I remember that in terms of time travel, I remember that and they just kind of tease something. Um, and in Captain America Reborn, where remember when he came back from the dead and was going through all the different timelines of his life mm-hmm. to come back to the present world, there's a scene in that where he goes into a timeline that he hasn't hit yet, and it's like the ultra. It's similar to where the Ultron scenes were, where it's just like total destruction in New York City, and um. um because it was weird. Okay. A lot of people came back to that scene saying, um, well, Bucky's Bucky is the cap now. Why wasn't that Bucky in that timeline? Um, and then Bucky cap was the cap in old man Logan. I think in oh. old when red skull killed Captain America. It was oh, yeah. Bucky, Bucky cap. And it's I like how they called him Bucky Cap and <laughs> and in the, this book and Manhattan Projects or Manhattan I mean, not Manhattan Projects the Red Wing are starting to and maybe I was just oblivious to it but they're starting this there's this theme where time is not linear um, yeah and it's it's a, thing. it's a thing or it's you know it's an organism an it's organism all the time or it's like a, um, a record player where it skips and it goes into another groove. Um, I don't know why no one else or myself has ever really thought of that before where there's multiple timelines. It could it's it's just one future of many. You know, this mm-hmm. is why did we think, you know, whatever, but I think that that timeline in Captain America Reborn is from the Ultron War storyline that's coming up. I think that's where that, that oh. was a tease because that was teased in the timeline and that wall where the Starks were looking at the Ultron War was on oh, that yeah. and that, that hasn't hit yet. And they mentioned that they actually timed them jumped into the middle of the Ultron War. Oh, okay. There's a lot that happened in this story that teases either other Marvel events or Bendis' run on the Avengers that didn't pay off. They finally got to the Simon Williams storyline three, four months ago in real time. A Wonder Man? Wonder Man. They actually got to that. The Ultron War, we're still waiting for them to release when it's scheduled. And that was an annual, too. That right. wasn't even in the series, which is so bizarre, because how often do they do annuals anymore? Exactly. They did it partly in New Avengers and finished it in a New Avengers annual. And what is even stranger is it was Gabriel Del Otto pencils in that yep. annual, and he I can't remember the last, if any book that he's done that he hasn't painted, it was only pencils. Hmm. So I'm wondering if that was like done a while ago and... They just needed to get it done, so they did this weirdo pencil thing. Yeah, maybe everything was wrapping up, and like maybe. But even that, even Ultron War that hasn't been promoted. That's got to be coming up soon, right? It hasn't even been off the books or on the books yet, because Bendis's solicits have been the AVX, and that's his last story arc. Yeah, so it, it's got to happen probably around the winter. I'd I would imagine. Th- I would think so. Yeah, because um, that's Brian Hitch's last work on Marvel too. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I thought this was highly enjoyable. J.R. J.R.'s Iron Man, I think, is yeah. some of the best creator character work ever. Yeah. Like Barry Windsor Smith Wolverine, um, J.R. J.R. Iron Man. Guy's good, man. My guy's favorite uh, spread of J.R. J.R.'s work was in issue two when they go to Novar, the new Captain Marvel, and they ask him to build a time machine. He builds it. They only get a glimpse of the future, but they see... It's a double-page spread of different timelines, mm-hmm. and they're all different famous Marvel alternate futures. Like, you got the 
MC2 line with the Mayday Parker, oh, yeah. Spider-Girl universe. You've got Days of Future Past, Marvel 2099, Age of Apocalypse, uh, Future Imperfect Hulk with the Maestro, hmm. and Avengers Next, the kids who actually started off everything. Yeah, I forgot about that movie. These weren't the, were these the same characters Those in that the movie? Same characters. Yeah, Next Avengers or Avengers Next, right? Something like yeah, that. I think it was Avengers Next. I forgot about that. So it had a couple oh. nice Easter eggs that were entertaining, and it was great to see the Maestro, aka Future <laughs> Hulk, Bruce Banner, and old uh, Tony Stark interact with each other. Hmm. Yeah, the Tony stuff was uh, that uh, Stark and Stark stuff was uh, really cool, and uh, I mean it leaves it leaves a uh, young Tony at the end of the uh, arc. Oh, that's a great. That's a that's such a great page or that cover. Oh yeah, with old Tony. Sorry to interrupt the Tony, the old man Tony cover in the Ooh. new Iron Man armor. Yeah, Ooh. so good. Jr. Jr. What's he doing right now? Who knows? Kick ass too. Yeah, is he doing something else. Yeah, I think he's definitely doing kick ass oh, too. He's doing. Oh, we're dumbass. He's doing AVX. Oh yeah. Dummies. That little thing. Well, aside from that, yeah, yeah. that little known comic. But that's another one of the uh, Avengers payoffs that I'm disappointed we haven't seen yet, because the future Tony Stark, a hundred years later, pulls his current self, the version that we're familiar with, the side and says, "Hey, there's some stuff you need to watch out for. The Avengers are going to be responsible for a lot of chaos and ruination, and you need to make sure that that doesn't come to fruition." Right. Hands him a little device, and the end of the story ends with. Tony looking at the device in his hand. And having followed the series since, you're kind of waiting for payoff for that. That doesn't that really happen. I wonder if that's come with AVX and Phoenix Force. I was, I was thinking Ultron War because everything seems very Ultron yeah, War driven in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there something like the device can... I'm not going to say this right. I don't want you have to fact check me. But doesn't Tony have some doomsday device that he says in a recent Avengers um, issue that he's like, you know, I only sketched that. I haven't even invented that. That was yet. the book we were just read. That was the beginning. No, no you're, this you're right. Issue? Because in the first issue, when Kang shows up, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, I did read this. I swear. When <laughs> Kang shows up and everybody is half taking him as a threat, he pulls a right, weapon out of his right, pocket, right, right. and Iron Man just pretty much looks at them and says, "This is serious. He's got the advantage. That is a doomsday weapon yeah. that I didn't even design." I'm being very sorry annoyed at that. that scene too when I read the single issues. I think I flipped out about that scene too, where <laughs> he's like, "He has the upper hand." Yeah, yeah. Just listen. He just has the upper hand. Put down your weapons. That I scene know. reminds listen. me of uh, Bill and Ted, where he's like, "I'm going to go in the future and hide your dad's keys behind the sign." <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Ted. Uh, Heroic Age, Avengers. I liked it. I might go back and reread this run. You should look for that Tuesday yeah. scene. The yeah. second follow-up arc to this was great. The Red Hulk stuff. Yeah, because that's when they. The hood puts together the Infinity Gauntlet again. Oh, no. I'm not so disinterested in anything Infinity Gauntlet. No, nah, it was good. The Illuminati gets discovered. Good stuff. Oh, I do remember reading that one where the, uh, Steve was then angry at Iron Man because he discovered the, or they figured out the Illuminati was a thing. Right. That was good. Just two things real quick. I could read Spider-Man on any team ever. Especially when Brian Michael Bendis writes it, and uh, I never, I, I don't read a whole lot of Thor. I mean, you know, for you, we high five each other on that on a daily basis. <laughs> but it was cool to see some scenes in this arc to where the Thor is really like half the Avengers at times. Like there's Thor, and then there's like street level 
street level guys like maybe other than iron man but uh so it's cool to see like thor go to work on galactus when he like yeah, charged cool. headfirst into galactus yeah i'll tell you what if they were to draw thor all the time without that red cape and the the wings on his hat <laughs> just like with the kind of like ultimate style almost where he's just got the armor mm-hmm. and the wavy hair i would i would read thor more the thor in the new Ultimates or the Ultimate Comics Ultimates is a total badass. Because really? they draw him he kinda is. like Chris Hemsworth, but he's got this huge burly beard. Oh, my mm. God. And it's like every scene he's in is it just looks gorgeous. I uh, I still love that scene in uh, the Ultimates Volume 1. Where, and I don't want to derail the show, but I am right now because I love it so much. But uh, at the end where, the, where Hulk does Manhattan issue, mm-hmm. when all of a sudden it starts raining in Manhattan – and Fury goes, looks like the president just doubled the uh, international aid budget. And B.A. Ultimate Thor comes down out of the sky and beats him with that. That's so cool. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them to you. We get your letters. Letters at paperkeg.com. We're going to open them up right now. Letters at Mark, did we get any letters? We got a couple, actually. We'll start with Faithful Listener Catcher, who is dovetailing on the letter he wrote us last week, saying, name your perfect, instead of X-Men, Avengers team, plus who is writing them. And, Lightning Round, Fear Agent, Volume 2. Pulling a Jones again spoiled the ending of Volume 1, though I could care less because this book is amazing. Boom. Favorite Avengers. The Ultimates. Mark Millar. That's it for me. Boom. Agree. Seconded. The Ultimates with (laughs) Spider-Man. Brian Michael Bendis. (laughs) New Avengers, Volume 1. Is it the the Heroic Age... One or the one new like Avengers post disassembled. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. That so the first time we out. see Wolverine oh, and Spider Man, Breakout was good. Breakout was so good. The um, plus Daredevil. Add Daredevil to the lineup. The issue where Wolverine shows up, or the the cliffhanger at the end where he comes out of the bushes with his claws around uh, Spider Woman's neck. Yes. Yeah. What a, what a panel. What a what a what a spread by the Finch. I love that cover too, where it's like a, he's screaming at the camera. Mm-hmm. And he's got his claws are like six feet long in that uh that cover, and he's just in the grass like right in. Yeah, I was yeah. paging through that issue, and um, I didn't realize there's a panel where Spider Woman like he gets behind Spider Woman, has her claws his claws around her neck, and then she like does this move where he where she slits his own throat with his own claws, and he's just <laughs> like stunned. He's like, but I've seen that before. You know what? I remember when it was first announced, I was amongst people mad as hell that Spider-Man and Wolverine were going to be on it. And then six issues in, listening to Bendis write them and his story reasons why they were there. I got it. I'm right on board. I can't see the Avengers without Spider-Man in it right now. Mm. I do like his Avengers with uh, Miss Marvel, too. I like Miss Marvel. That's my side. Don't judge me. (laughs) Let's see. We got one more letter coming to us from Panooch. Panooch. Let's say he is saying, hey, guys, congrats again for being officially a year old. Love listening to the show each week and we'll keep coming back as long as you guys keep posting episodes. 
First up, about Wade's digital comic, Luther. Any of you guys check out Mark Wade's, a.k.a. your fav- your writer's favorite writer. Free digital comic that came out recently, titled Luther. In- Panooch enjoyed the issue, but one thing he thought was odd was that this issue was every so often a page would only show one panel, and then when you move to the next page, it'd be the same page, but they'd add in another panel or word balloon. Do you think that is for some unstated reading effect or to avoid spoiling the unshown panel before you are supposed to get to it his next question is ask us about our second favorite book club books now that you've reached another landmark for the show would any of you swap out any of your choices to your favorite book club book that you listed back at 25 with Mm. any of the ones you have read since glad to have you back mark at panooch i think it sounds like he read um luther the way you did the pdf the pdf form yeah, because he offered it as a free download, but it, like defeated the purpose because it didn't make any sense. Yeah, it totally did. I think if I agree with you, it sounds like he read it the exact same way that I did, mm-hmm. and I think if he had read it the Marvel Infinite way, for lack of a better term, it will be a night and day difference. Yeah. Um, would we swap out any of our previously aforementioned top book club books in the episodes we've done since? Easily. Which one? Really? Yeah. I can think of four that have shot to four. my... Yep. Such as? Mouse Guard. Oh, yeah. That was good. I Kill Giants. Mm-hmm. Usagi Yojimbo. Mm-hmm. And, well, Starman's always been one of my favorite books, so I'm going to keep that three. I would say the Usagi discussion was really good. That's all I have to say about that. Well, I'd have to extend, I think, what do we do, top five before? I'd have to go with a top ten. I'd have to go with top fifty. Usagi, Day Tripper. I'm looking at the list. Mm-hmm. I like Civil War. Um, Gladstones. Transmetropolitan. I know I stand alone on that one, but... Uh, uh, Lemire Keg was up there. My God, Starman. It's all... Every, every issue. I love every one of our issues. Is this a... Do we do a top five like book club discussions or just books? I think I, I think we did our top five of the first twenty five we ever did. Yeah, I thought it was just books, so I stuff we to. like personally. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I kill giants, obviously. Yeah, you got yeah, your that was great. You got story. your daytime. Maybe Jonesy should reread that after his his kid pops out. <laughs> so yeah. I can cry now. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like crying's your your shtick, and I want to steal it from you. It is my shtick. Leave it alone. Whoa. Don't touch it. Um, did he have another? Was that it for Padouche? Did we get all his email? I thought he. Thought I kind of truncated a little bit of it. I think he did. He bring up Marvel Infinite. I think he had another question about digital comics and Marvel Infinite. His, he had here. a third question. Heading back to it, Panooch, My apologies, but it was kind of a long letter, so I had to cut out a little bit of it. I think it was about his na- The last part in his question was. And direct quote back to his letter. Last is about bonus print material. Brian Wood's new title, The Massive, is supposed to have extra material in the print version only. Print version only, which is similar to that Brubaker and Phillips do. Do you think creators in general have a reason to want to push readers to print over digital? Or do you think that it is just certain creators who have their own allegiance to print comics or comic shops? A lot of thoughts on this. Yeah, so, yeah. I have a lot. I think it's a... Uh, nostalgia factor. I mean, and, uh, you know, they probably recognize that uh, 
you know, comic book shops are still the bread and butter, I guess, and uh, they're giving people. I think they're still giving people a reason, and maybe it just feels better to get, put extra content in a, in a printed book, you know, like you would a hardcover or something. I think there's a there's a several there's the pricing issue because some books, I think, Fatal and the Massive are three. <coughs> excuse me, three fifty. Yeah, and. Um, you can't do those prices in digital books because Apple doesn't allow for increments outside of 99 cents. So there would be a debate because you'd be paying cheaper for the same book. So if you bought Fatal, you'd be getting the back matter in the entire book for 50 cents cheaper than the print customers would be. So then retailers and print users would be PO'd. Yeah. So I think it's an easy decision for them to not include that material. But if they're the same price... Um, I'm not a huge fan of back matter anyway, so I don't mind that much. But at the same time, I want the same content to be in the same digital book. But it's a different discussion because these are differently priced books. So I kind of can't have this discussion. But I hate when I see digital readers treated as like second class citizens. Whereas I am yeah, a print, I am was a print reader, um, but I'm still a comic reader and buyer. So I want to be treated the same. Um, but I also see creators have a special tie to retailers. I think that it is a nostalgia sense, but I definitely think it's a business sense because without the retailers on their side, they're not going to get their books ordered. Like a lot of people, like you see a lot of crazy retailers out there, like literally insane retailers out there <coughs> that try to promote creators' books and um yeah the uh, creators have to have to um to yeah. like what's the word i'm looking for not not curtail or they, they have, have to, s- to bend to these retailers because yeah. they're the ones that order their books pander like yep you, you have to pander to these retailers no matter how insane they are they're the ones that order their books they're the ones that spread the word and if retailers don't pre-order your books like um oh, what's her face kelly sue said you know your books are done yeah yeah it- you know, it's kind of funny, and, and we've been talking about some articles that creators have been coming out with. Like, it's kind of odd to hear the industry complain about the tail wagging the dog when that's the system they created. You know, they, they had choices back when comics were selling millions to break out in different mediums. You, know, they, they don't, you can't tell me that the money and opportunity wasn't there in the 90s for the comic boom or wasn't there when the movie started hitting Spider-Man X-Men. Like, there was plenty of time and opportunity to grow beyond retail comics. But instead, we kind of shrunk our world smaller by by catering to, to fans and retailers. And all of a sudden, we were like, how did this happen? We did it to ourselves. Or rather, the machine did it to ourselves. Right. And But uh, I wouldn't change anything because I think that's directly led to the creator-owned explosion that we're going through now and the and the the convenience and the artistry of digital and it's exciting to me to to, to see the way the medium is going to go especially you know with you know the infinite mm-hmm. like I, I think we're you know at, at the start of something that's really going to be great in a storytelling a storytelling aspect so I wouldn't change anything because it led to this but at the same time I think a lot of hoot and holler and complaining goes but you know it's not like it's not like there wasn't plenty of 
the chances to get off the train. Right. You know, I do see some creators that still think that digital is like an afterthought and and are second class citizens, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, you were uh, you wanted to, you were complaining about Mark Millar the other day, or oh yeah, did he he's doing some weird stuff that I totally get, but I wish wasn't the case. Like his all his his stuff he's doing, he's not doing in digital. He's doing um, like the Super Crooks is out. I'm not I'm not going to get it because it's not digital. So he's mm-hmm. someone asked him like, hey, is this going to be on you know digital anywhere? And he said, retailers are my top priority. And digital will be later, later and later down the line, maybe a year from now. And I get, I totally get that because he's such a smart business person. And you can say whatever you want about Mark Millar, Miller. <coughs> he's a very smart business person because he knows that mindset is going to get him tons of retailer cooperation. They're going to see yeah, Mark Miller. Mark true. Miller, look at this guy. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He, he, he's not going to do digital until a year from now. This guy's on our side. Of course, they're going to reorder pre-order your books. Right. The guy's a genius. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and that's what happens. Interesting way of thinking about it. I mean, you know who's really losing out? The 16-year-old kid in Podoc Town, Nebraska, who, if they want to buy comic books, has to ask for a ride two or three hours to a comic book store that's going to have what they want. And maybe by the time they get there, the titles they want are sold out. So mm-hmm. why don't we go ahead and sacrifice the unborn because we're stodgy about digital. I want the next generation of readers so I can read to my, you know, son or daughter the new, you know, Bendis, Bendis Avengers. But, you know, maybe somebody who's not in a metropolitan area like me, maybe right. that's not there for their kids because we're we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Right. I don't know. Even then, if, like, you're in Podunk, Nebraska, and you're looking for new books... If your retailer doesn't order Super Crux, you never even know it exists. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, it's not in a digital app. Whether it be any company, you're, you're not going to find it until a year from now. You know, it's just uh, it's crazy. I understand the business part of it, absolutely, but it's just um, it's it's cutting off your nose to spite your face. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of metaphors tossed about in the last couple of minutes. We're in yeah. strange times. Yeah, we're yeah, in strange it, that's times. exactly right. I mean, they, these these times in the comic industry. I mean, they've never been explored. They it's it's an unknown. It's an unknown variable. All sure. this digital madness. But I got news for you. I've seen the future. You know, it's digital comics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, this is this is coming from a guy who had a, bought an HD DVD player. You know, I got off that train. I knew what was coming down the pike. Did you really? Yeah. Sure. When they the stopped Xbox making HD DVDs. No, I I sold it. This was. The true story. I'm not trying okay, to uh, entrepreneur. I'm here. trying to not trying you, to fellatiate myself. The audience right now. HD DVD. Let me set the stage. HD DVD, Blu-ray. You just bought the Transformers. On Would HD this be DVD. battling it out? More suited for a fireside chat. Yeah, let's do a fireside chat. This one. We Bye. had a great show. Love you. Bye. We we didn't even do the outro yet. Would you relax? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Public enemy number one. Dad, you're on. You're on right now. I love it. We'll talk about maybe next week's books, too, in the Fireside. If there is another show after this, <laughs> I was which I don't that. think there will be. Yeah. Stop it. Can we stop with all the meta canceling? <laughs> we'll talk show. about it after I'm, sensi- I'm a father now. We probably won't talk about no, it. No, now I'm not going to be able to say that anymore. <laughs> that I won't happen? ruin it. You can have your tears and your father now. Uh, we had a good run, I think, Dale and I. 
Dale and I will see people at Free Comic Book Day soon. Yep. Uh, I appreciate all your hard work, Dale. <laughs> Thanks. So much. See right, thank you. See you. Don't don't encourage him with that, Dale. Set the stage, 2005. I had an Xbox. 2007? The year is... I don't know what year this is. Maybe it's 2005. I'm an Xbox guy. uh, Throw and throw, tro and tro. Xbox versus Blu-ray. Xbox adapter add-on to the Xbox uh, HD DVD. So I buy it. That's right. It's like 650. It was some crazy price probably nowadays. Um... Buying all these movies in HD DVD. Mission Impossible uh, 2. HD DVD. Glorious. Was arguably the higher quality format. It is arguable that that is the case, yeah. You can't argue that. Um, and I, I'm buying these DVDs and I see, I see, I can see. You know, I'm seeing this, you know, you see the HD bill. DVD you see is the not going to win. Bill of the, uh... This is not going to be good for me if I stay in this race. And this is before anyone else is saying this. Okay. Hipster Slim. Blue, there go. <laughs> Blu-ray has the backing of Sony, you know, Mitsubishi. I don't know who else they got in the in the, in the the fray at this point. They got Disney, I think, at that point. So I was like, I got to sell this while getting's good. That's right. Made back double my money on that player. You did? That's how early I got out of this race. Not only did I know that Blu-ray was going to win this, I knew in my heart of hearts... That streaming was going to win this. I didn't give two S's about Blu-ray. I don't want to buy discs. You don't want to buy PS3. What planet are we on? I was actually holding out during the whole thing. I was like, maybe uh, Xbox will do a Blu-ray adapter. But this was back in the day where they were a partner in HD DVD, so it was not going to happen. Right. And still hasn't happened. That's my story. I'm a genius. Uh, Yeah. No, I think you're right about <laughs> seeing streaming for everybody else. Oh, God. What? Thank you. All right? You know what we talk about? It? Dave just took a crap. <laughs> just fuel the fire. Me. Oh, my God. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay, go. No, I don't feel like I should talk now. This, I feel is, like... this is the last show. Let's be honest with us. Oh, okay. Right now. Yeah. I'm bowing out. Um, um, you know what has killed me? What? HD DVD had DVD in the name. Like, <laughs> as a consumer... Seriously, though, this consumer, you know, you, you go up to something you've never heard of it before, see something called HD DVD, or see something called Blu-ray, and you're like, well, I have DVDs at home. I would like to see them in high definition. Wouldn't, like, your mind drift to that? Am it's I like, crazy? It's like CMX HD. Yeah, that's what you I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Remember that? It's happening right now. It's got the hyphen, though. I don't know about the hyphen. Uh, HD DVD had the hyphen? I don't know about that either. I never got in on that train, because I knew... <laughs> You knew because of the hyphen. I knew because of the hyphen. You know what else hyphen. has a hyphen? Blu-ray. 
Yeah, but it's all lowercase letters at least. It's nice. What? It's very hipster. Blue, lowercase no, no, that's B. not all lowercase. <laughs> lowercase B, lowercase R. <laughs> I'm on board with that. Uh, what, better a, for his what a show P. we had. What a show. Mark is asleep right yeah. now. Mm. I'm fighting it. These these times we come to Dale's to record, you're you're literally like a, a wreck. Well, it's sometimes when you're watching or listening to a good back and forth segment. You fall asleep? No, you don't want to <laughs> jump in and try to throw in a word edgewise. Don't mm-hmm. F up the flow. I'll get right. a word in when I can. It's whenever he crosses the state border. His energy starts sapping out yeah. of him. As soon as we hit 55 south, you're just, you're just like... Yep. And that three-hour drive home, I'll have all the way. Yeah, it's going to be glorious. Dale, I know how Dale does it. What do, you do, what do you do to stay awake on the way back? I roll down the window. I uh, you know, I do whatever I can. Sing Okonosis is top of your lungs. Yeah. I used to do my audio books. Back in the day when we used to go to the Ivyland Cafe to drink. Oh, Wow. I remember some nights back. having to do the Cyclops to drive home. The goal, eye open? The goalpost? Close, close one eye so that you stop seeing double. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was back in the day when I had my Jeep. Oh, yeah? So I used to just like take the top down so that <laughs> I was just surrounded by wind to keep me awake. Yeah, that'll work. Well, only because I mean, you, you were driving tired and not intoxicated, I yeah. assume. This no, is recorded in posterity for your son. Listen, I'll have these talks with my son. Absolutely. I know what he's going to go through. That paper keg does not support drinking and driving, I, for the record. I'm so looking forward to uh, talking about my life experience with my son. Do you do it now, even though he doesn't quite I understand? Go, I go through it in my <laughs> head. Do you ever think like he'll be like amazed at the adventures, no. as lame as they could have been? Um, like I don't think I've... I mean, I lived, but I don't know if I've lived. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't think I'll have like zany stories, but I think I'll have enough life experience to... I don't know, because this is it's not like an entertaining aspect of the show, but I think you've gone through the, enough highs and lows where you, I think you'll be able to prepare. Maybe not prepare, yeah. but... Um, I think you can look back on yourself and definitely see decisions or, you know, irresponsibility. Right. Plus, so. look at it from the other side of the equation, too. Your sons are going to look at you guys like you know everything in the world. They're going to hang on your every word at one point. Yeah, it's true. I'm deathly afraid when uh, they stop doing that. Right. I am so paranoid. <laughs> He's probably doing it now. Probably is. He's probably like lighting a match under your bed right now. Learning on hanging, some fur. hanging out with his friends instead of me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Taking advice from... Uh, What's going to happen when that... Smoking pot in the shed with Jimmy Bishop in the backyard. You know what I mean? One day when, when he like decides to hang out with his friends instead of you one weekend, what's going to happen? You're just gonna just be heartbroken. I, I'm, I'm gonna look at the his friends and the, their haircuts and their way they're. And you're gonna insult them in your head. <laughs> yes, because gonna they're text. gonna be. A, I know they're gonna because I know kids and I know Jo the the influence that they have. You know what I mean. Uh-huh. So it's like they're gonna you know get in some some kind of a trouble or you know maybe they might not get caught. But uh, you know I know they'll be up to something and you know. But Grayson could have it too, but it's all your friends. It's all the influence of your crazy friends. You are mm-hmm. scaring me to death right now, both of you. Thank you. Just what do you think about? I mean, uh, you haven't probably haven't had time to think about that yet, Jonesy. No, Jonesy, I think about the stuff constantly. It's scary, like you know what the fr- what you know what my friends influenced me or told me to do mm-hmm. behind my parents' back. Like I don't know. I just hope I have a good enough relationship to where. There's always that trust there. I don't think I, I don't think I don't I'm know. expecting um, my son to not do that stuff. Where I'm expecting, I don't know. It's like this weird expectation that he'll go through that stuff anyway. 
and then that he'll eventually learn from it or we'll talk about it and then we'll learn about it. Like I almost kind of, I don't know, I almost want him to do that stuff. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, where, I don't know, I, I think that that life experience, however young or old he is, will eventually build something in the long run as it did me. You need to. And I would honestly think, full disclosure, I'm not a parent, nor am I expecting to be one anytime what soon. Is he? But you don't want your kids, I'm assuming, to grow up sheltered. You want them to get into a little bit of trouble. You want them to have friends who are just going to push them out of their comfort zone a little bit. But at the same time, you're going to hope, pray, and trust that they're a good group of people who are going to have your son's backs. And hopefully they were raised well. And What's your son's middle name? John. Grayson John. Grayson John. What's Jack's middle name going to be? Patrick. Jack Pat. JPJ? Mm-hmm. Jack Patrick. Uh... Jack Pat Jones. Is that what your dad's middle name was? No, his middle name was Denson. That's <laughs> a cool name. It's, like a, it's a very southern name. He was a... We were toying with uh, Jack D. Jones III. Uh, but, you know, I didn't want to take over the name and process. Honor both sides of the family. Yeah. I took yeah. over James's. Well, actually, I didn't do it. She suggested James Matthew. Hmm. That's yeah. my middle name. Matthew. Really? Hmm? No, I liked you for a reason. I like James for Outside a reason. Outside of your yeah. love of scotch. Oh, Dale, you know, we're the best on the show. <laughs> we love each other, and our names are similar. James, you uh, realize you sound like this to them most episodes. James, yeah, I know. do you remember? <laughs> oh, think back. Comes. Think back a minute. Here Last it week, here it comes. When you said you didn't feel like finishing the book club book, so I'd, you stopped you know what? reading. I didn't express myself correctly. <laughs> I heard and, it a few times. Um, if you could just remember, I announced for the first time anywhere live. We don't want to overshadow was, what was stated. Yeah, right, about the book club. Okay. <laughs> um, Back to business. Perry one hundred and one on the keg, man. I have never had my heart broken as much. On a podcast is that moment where you <laughs> told me that you just stopped reading. You know what I heard from that? It's probably yeah. I don't care. Show. I'll tell you no, what I heard. It, I, I heard it care. several times in my head. It's like a record, All right. a broken record. We're too meta right now. Uh, you're just afraid of what the places we're going. You're right too now. emotionally meta. You're afraid every time we start to rag on Gen Z, he says that we we need to either wrap up or be yeah. too meta. <laughs> He's like or, changing the subject. Hey, I'm having a kid. He probably is not even having a kid. He just made that up just to stop getting uh, hassled. I definitely did not make it up. <laughs> what a show. Great show. Any, the best uh, show. The last show ever. Yeah, we had a good run. You 52 know, episodes, like, one year. When 50% of the show becomes unreliable, we have to pull the plug. They'll rebrand it, retool it, and we'll it'll come be up, good. We'll come up with something. Like the Phoenix, it'll rise from the ashes. Let's see what Vanessa's doing. Yeah. I'll see you guys later. Work something out.